Hi everybody, Justin here, and no, your eyes and ears do not deceive you, we are indeed off for this week, it's not because of anything technical or anything behind the scenes, quite honestly, I'm a little exhausted after doing not only uh, six weeks of shows in a row, but also a lot of work piling up in my actual non-demonic job, which I would love to tell you about someday, Uh, but let's just say... The holidays are a busy time of year for me, and uh, between that and the podcast and a bunch of other outside factors, I just needed a breather for the week. We will be back next week with the Get Smart 1995 revival. So now that we got that out of the way, we do have some uh, business to take care of. But before we get to that business, we do promise that there is something that we want to play for you right now. And that thing is going to be actually one of our commercials of the damned. Now, this is what you usually hear if you happen to be joining us on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash telehealthpodcast. And the reason why we wanted to post this one up on our free feed is because we already featured it in most of our uh, promos during the summer. So I think the only fair thing to do is to give you this particular commercial of the damned free of charge and also remind you that we have plenty of other stuff happening at our Patreon again, patreon.com slash podcast. So why don't you listen to this mini-sode about the Quiznos sponge monkeys and I will be back in about 15 minutes or so to let you know about the remaining shows that we're going to be playing on Telehell in 2021 And we'll also, well, I hesitate to say this, but we're going to read some very interesting fan mail that we got regarding one of our episodes. So stay tuned for that. We'll see you in about 15 minutes. Telehell presents (laughs) Premium Content of the Damned. As I've made clear in the past with one Mr. Paul Montgomery Shore, I do have a slight tolerance for annoying things. It's okay to like things that are abrasive to the human ear if, and this is a big if, the sound in question is only exposed for a very short period of time. Only then will that annoying thing be slightly tolerable, which begs the first of a couple of questions. Why would anybody think that listening to this for 30 seconds would be a surefire piece of marketing? We love the moon! Cause it is close to us! We love the moon! But not as much as a spoon! Cause that's why you saw eating soup! And if you hear the sounds of various heads exploding in the distance, a la the aliens from Mars Attacks listening to Slim Whitman, my apologies. I probably should have put up a content warning for those who wanted to keep their sense of hearing, but I digress. Anyway, the dulcet tones you just heard come from a piece of performance art simply known as the Sponge Monkeys, the creation of British animator, and I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly, Joel Veitch. And yes, I know we said we wouldn't do anything international on this show, but the end product did air on TV in the United States for American-based businesses. So yes, this does count. Anyway, Joel and his brother Alex provided the voices for these creatures, who I can only describe as belly button lints that never went to the dentist or the eye doctor a day in their lives. In the days before YouTube ever existed, the brothers took some crudely put-together animation of the fever dream with teeth 
and put them to music, a piece that they called We Like the Moon. We like the moon! Okay, that's enough. That's enough. Veitch reminisced on the song in a 2019 interview with the Huffington Post, stating, quote, The song was improvised with my brother, Alex. We had been to the pub and bashed the song out when we got home. I made up the lyrics as I went along, and it was recorded onto a video camera. The next morning, I watched it back, still liked it, so I put together the animation and whacked it up on the internet." End quote. One thing led to another, and seemingly overnight, the human rights violation towards eyes and ears became a pre-YouTube viral hit, but not quite big enough that the duo would actually make any money off of it. And were this a sane world, this would be where the story of the Sponge Monkeys came to an end, with a flash-in-the-pan fluke that briefly caught some people's attention only for it to be swept into the dustbin of the internet, never to be heard from again. Unfortunately, one of those viewers who happened to see the video was the marketing team behind America's favorite runner-up when it came to submarine sandwiches. At Quiznos, we toast our subs to enhance the flavor. Are we weird? We're pioneers. We pioneered the classic Italian sub made with the finest meats and cheeses. Quiznos, oven toasted, tastes better. Enter Quiznos Subs. Founded in 1981, the sandwich chain would always be known as the also-ran when it came to its main competition, Subway. Which, by the way, has its own set of marketing gone bad that we could do a spin-off series on, but we'll cross that bridge once we get to it. Quiznos did try to set itself apart from the competition, though. By largely having their sandwiches be primarily toasted compared to Subway just making the sandwich as it is. And although it has yet to eclipse the big S in terms of a sandwich dominance, the company still managed to maintain some sort of a presence around the world. A presence that would increase slightly when in 2003, who else but a pre-fame Sheldon Cooper, aka Jim Parsons, be the star of one of Quizno's first major national commercials in one of the more bizarre ways I've ever seen an advertisement go. Hey, you got that ordinary untoasted sub instead of the toasted Philly cheesesteak from Quizno's? What, were you raised by wolves? Yes, I was. <laughs> A commercial which, oddly enough, saw its own backlash when it first came out. Who would have guessed that the bond between man and wolf would have that kind of reaction? So naturally, Quiznos needed a new approach for their ads. Someone who wanted something different was one, Ty Harper, an art director for an ad firm known as The Martin Agency, who thought to himself, We like the moon! Yes! These are the creatures we need to defeat Jared Fogle for sandwich supremacy! And so, with all the chutzpah that he could spare, Harper pitched the idea of using wadded-up cotton from the island of Dr. Moreau to sell sandwiches to the people at Quiznos. And sure enough, Quiznos said yes. But not before they got the blessing from the guy who created the byproduct of an electrified mousetrap. Considering he lived in the UK, Joel Veitch didn't know what Quiznos was. But as an eager, up-and-coming animator slash starving artist of internet videos, there was really only one conclusion. So, Veitch and his brother recorded a series of new Sponge Monkey songs for the sole purpose of selling toasted submarine sandwiches to a growing population in the year 2004. And while that success was good for Veitch, what happened next was equal parts predictable and unexpected at the same time. We love these songs! Cause they are good to us! Because no songs! 
Want to hear a different one? Sure you do. We love these songs! So sorry, <laughs> Don't even think about leaving. We're not done yet. We love these songs. There was a special price. Two ninety nine. Our favorite topping now calls places like some toasty tasty hammer. Enjoy is in our hearts. One more, and then you can pack your ears with all the cotton you want to keep your brain from bleeding. Right now, Quiznos World Famous Italian Sub is only $2.99. It's very fantastical. Quiznos! Toast. As further proof of the old saying, any publicity is good publicity, the ads did wind up getting Quiznos a lot of attention, both good parts and bad. The good news was that people were starting to notice that there was an alternative to eating sandwiches with questionable kinds of bread and tuna-related content. So much so that once Quiznos decided to stop airing the spots, their focus shifted on promoting the products themselves. The not-so-good news is that the Sponge Monkey commercials almost instantly drew a lot of complaints, not just from the people watching them, but from a subsection of those viewers that happened to own Quiznos franchises. An estimated 30,000 phone calls found their way through Quiznos switchboard many of them angry, and many of the many coming from the company's franchisees. One franchise owner in Mobile, Alabama, went as far as to inform his customers that he personally had nothing to do with the marketing campaign. As for how badly the spots affected the chain's sales, well, while actual sales information from the year 2004 remains unknown to this day, the fate of Quiznos itself is a lot more concrete. Although we're not blaming the commercial 100% for what happened next, it's kind of hard to see the ads as anything but a starting point towards the company's decline. Three years after the commercials aired, Quiznos went from a peak of over 5,000 locations around the world to roughly 3,000 in their next three-year period. Continued mounting debt after that resulted in the chain closing down even more stores and eventually filing for bankruptcy in 2014, which they would eventually emerge from later that year, only to wind up with new corporate overlords, a lot of retooling and rebranding, and a total of less than 300 restaurants remaining for their efforts. But there's no connection there. <laughs> You'd be a fool and a communist to make one. So, where do the Quiznos sponge monkey ads get collected into the lint trap of Telehell? <sighs> I know I'm gonna hate myself for doing this, but gotta keep with the theme. I work in hell where there are nine circles. And that's enough. Limbo, lust, gluttony, greed, wrath, heresy, violence, fraud, treachery. In their defense, then Quiznos chief marketing officer Trey Hall claimed that, quote, 
Our strategy was to create awareness and buzz. And that's what we've done, end quote. And while it's hard to disagree with that statement, it doesn't change the fact that the ad still had some sort of adverse effect on the brand altogether. One that wound up happening due to just how badly Quiznos wanted to beat Subway at something. Something that would take millions of wasted advertising dollars to try and accomplish, but fail in the process. Thus, highlighting Quiznos' greedy and gluttonous desires to be at the top of the food chain. Desires that all but immediately got extinguished once the viewer's wrathful backlash came pouring in. But then comes the irony. Even though the spots were heavily vilified back then, the creatures are still, somehow, fondly remembered to this day. So much so that in the wake of the chain's continued financial troubles, perhaps bringing them back might have reversed their fortunes a little. But considering the precipitous drop in success they've been experiencing over the years, who's to say if the sponge monkeys didn't light a fuse for the restaurant's fate to be in limbo? Yeah, that last point is a bit of a stretch, but then again, so is the belief that a pair of cotton ball abortions would become a viable restaurant mascot in the first place. The Quiznos Sponge Monkey ads earned four out of nine circles of telehell. If you enjoyed them growing up, I hold no ill will. But for the rest of us, they will make the sounds of nails on a chalkboard sound like one of Beethoven's symphonies any day of the week. We love the moon! Shut up. Because it is close to us! Please shut up. We love the moon! God damn it, will you shut the fuck up? Peace and quiet. And that was the Sponge Monkeys mini-sode, one of a couple that you can hear right now at patreon.com slash podcast. Just as there's no show this week, there is no mini-show this week as well, but we will return with a new one when we return next week. Now, we would like to address a few things that's been happening to us in the past few weeks, and... This is going to lead to a couple of changes, and we assure you that these changes will be for the better. A few weeks ago, we posted an episode on Halloween regarding a 1990 sitcom pilot called The Ghost Rider. It starred Anthony Perkins of Psycho fame, and it was his one and only sitcom. And we've already done more mea culpas for that show than we could ever afford ourselves to do spiritually, quite honestly. Um, but if you want to hear the full scope of the apology, uh, you can listen to episode 53 because we've added a disclaimer to it now. And this was all at uh, the uh, request, sort of, of the guy that created the show, Mr. Alan Spencer. We had a conversation on our Facebook page and he rightfully called me out on a lot of things that I said that were incorrect. And I've since apologized for that. And in that conversation is something that really struck me in a good way. And that was the fact that deadlines should not be an excuse to get a show completed. And what that means is even though we're supposed to be putting up stuff by a certain point in time, it's no excuse for being sloppy. And to Mr. Spencer's credit, he is correct about all that stuff. So... Here's what we're going to be doing in light of that, and also to ensure that we 
hopefully do not make mistakes like that ever again. Here's what's going to happen. Uh, in the next two weeks, we got two shows back-to-back. Uh, one we've already teased, that would be the uh, 1995 revival of Get Smart, starring Andy Dick. And <laughs> speaking of integrity, I just want to be sure that uh, anything that we say there is uh, just a passing joke at best. So there's that. And then uh, the week after that, Thanksgiving weekend, uh, November 28th, I believe, is when it's going to drop, is a look at a show that many thought was lost forever, but sometime over the summer, uh, people have been uh, pointing out that it's not as lost as people say it is. And there's actually kind of a unique history behind the making of that show. So we are going to be reviewing the 2000... David Spade animated sitcom known as Sammy. And if you go just make a cursory YouTube search, you'll find that there's, I believe as of press time, eight episodes posted already. There were 13 made. Only two of them aired. And when we get to that episode, you'll find out exactly the how and why that wound up happening. And uh, we want you to stay tuned for that. Now... After we're done with Sammy, we're going to be adopting a new schedule. And that schedule is going to take effect on December 12th. And the schedule is Telehell will become a bi-weekly program from that point forward. And I will tell you why. In light of the whole ghostwriter incident and, again, the stuff that Mr. Spencer uh, and I spoke about, we think it's more important now that we have inaccurate program more than we think we should have a show on by a certain point in time because yeah it's kind of a instilled characteristic in me that I always like to get my work done before the deadline and while that is the case in most walks of life a number of things have kind of been hindering this show's production and this show by the way is really just a hobby for me I mean I, I love doing it I really do, but there's other things that I have to deal with outside of the podcast, which sometimes takes more priority than others. So it's because of that and because of all the other factors that we are going to be turning Telehell into a bi-weekly show. And we're doing this because we feel that the extra time that we give ourselves in making an episode is important because we want to be sure we get things right. We want to be sure that things sound right when we put it together. We want to make sure that we leave no stone unturned. That's a little hard to do when you're making a show on a weekly basis. In fact, that's why we take long breaks in the summer, because we usually spend that time writing up the first few shows of the season. And also, thanks to uh, this Patreon stuff, we're writing extra stuff. All those mini-shows about various commercials and infomercials and all that stuff. So... Truth be told, we painted ourselves into a bit of a corner, and now we're just going at that corner with some paint remover. So, starting on December 12th, Telehell will officially be a bi-weekly program. And that's going to start on December 12th with, uh, we were originally going to do an episode about TV variations of the movie It's a Wonderful Life, and we kind of realized it was all but impossible to do because a lot of It's a Wonderful Life is kind-hearted, good-spirited, and if the TV shows in question wind up doing their own version of it, it's okay, just as long as they don't stray too far from the source material. 
What we're going to cover on December 12th is probably the most mutated mutant version of It's a Wonderful Life that we could find. And incidentally, it came from a long-running TV series. That series is Dallas. In fact, it's the series, the original series finale from 1991, an episode called Conundrum. And we will talk at great length about that episode on December 12th. And then we're going to actually uh, slightly adjust our schedule just a little bit more because we're going to be dropping our next episode after that on Christmas Eve. This will be our official Christmas episode. One of our most popular shows that we've done in the two and a half years we've been doing this show was our two-part look at the Brady Bunch Variety Hour. And since it's Christmas, I figure the time was right to take a look at the 1988 TV movie, A Very Brady Christmas. So that is what the rest of our 2021 is going to look like. And then we're still going to take uh, like a little mini break in January, but we'll return on January 16th with our new new schedule, which will be a new show every two weeks. That means premium content will drop every two weeks as well. Maybe we might do something on the premium side for the off weeks. I haven't quite decided yet, but just as a reminder, we're doing this because we really want this show to be the best that you've heard. And there's hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there. We'd just like to be your blip on the map, as small a blip as it may be. So hopefully by doing this, we improve ourselves and we also improve your listening experience. And the only thing that we ask of you in return is that you bear with us. There's still quite a lot of things that we need to figure out about podcasts in general, but for those that have been sticking with us since day one, we thank you very much for listening, we thank you for bearing with us, and all I can say is we can only do better from here. So, once again, we'll be back next week with Get Smart 1995, the week after that will be Sammy, the David Spade animated show, December 12th will be Dallas's Conundrum episode, and Christmas Eve is going to be a very Brady Christmas, and after that, bi-weekly shows from here on out. So, that's pretty much all we have for you today, and what else is there to say? We will see you next time, and after the past few weeks, I could use a drink. Take care.